We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, joining me right now, our favorite Memphisian, Chris Biederman, <laughs> live from Memphis. He's he's out on assignment for uh, for his job, so uh, kind enough to to hop on on the road, and we appreciate the hell out of that. But not nearly as much as we appreciate our friends at Lamb Chops, Chris. I know you've been flying and. I'm not sure there's a better time for lamb chops than on a flight. No, definitely not. Uh, winter pocket or winter pockets. Winter time, a little bit, a little bit cooler out here. Uh, mm-hmm. Was in Atlanta earlier in the week. Flew to Memphis. Definitely chilly. Lamb chops coming up clutch. Um, got quite a few compliments in Atlanta uh, while I was wearing my ash gray lamb chops mm. hoodie, um, nice. both at the game and, and around town in, in the ATL. So. Um, shout out to our, our friends at Lamb Chops for for keeping us looking dope, uh, keeping us comfortable, and, so and obviously the zippered pockets just keeping us secure as well. We love that. SG, as, sorry, pickpocketers, not today. <laughs> uh, the, uh, SGLambchops.com is the website. Promo code Candlestick20. Candlestick20. That'll get you 20% off your order. Also, follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops. Do that today. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. We love Cooperage. It is, I've always wanted to have a favorite brewery, and now I have one. I've yet to have a beer from Cooperage that I don't like, but I especially love, you know what it is, the Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. I keep it stocked in my fridge. It's delicious, and you can get yours today at cooperagebrewing.com. They're coming out with new beer all the time. Um, the Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA has been there basically the entirety of football season. Uh, it's been awesome to see in our, our third year with the with the hazy the candlestick chronicles hazy runs been awesome um and all their beers good whether you want a hazy a hazy pale ale a regular pale ale a hazy yep. ipa a west coast yep. ipa a wheat beer a oatmeal stout um a pilsner anything you could possibly want a lager they have yep. and it's all good and it's award-winning um one would one could argue the vibes at the at the brewery itself are award-winning um, but being able being able to get it uh shipped straight to your door if you're of 21 if you're of age 21 or up anywhere mm-hmm. within the state of california should also be award-winning we should create some awards for that um, so shout out to cooperage our our long-standing sponsor cooperagebrewing.com okay let's talk about the 49ers a uh, huge sunday morning um for for san francisco let's talk about it Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Okay, so I'm not really like the the 49ers beat the Commanders 27 to 10, which was great. But what happened after the game was was far more important because the 49ers got the help they needed from the Cowboys on Saturday when they knocked off the Lions. And then going into Sunday, it was like, okay, well, the 49ers will probably beat the Commanders. But can Arizona go into Philadelphia and win and clinch the 49ers a one seed? And it turns out they could. Uh, They got a late touchdown, 34-31 the final in Philly. 
And the 49ers not only get a win over the Commanders to help wash away the ugly Week 16 loss to Baltimore, uh, but now they exit Week 17 as the number one seed in the NFC, which is massive because they they looked to me today. It is is pretty dominant performance against against a bad Commanders team, but I think a a top end 49ers performance is probably beating. Washington like 41 to 3 and instead it was 27 10 they had two trips inside the five that resulted in three total points they gave up a long touchdown drive they were on track to give up another long touchdown drive before Sam Howell threw a pick it just wasn't an A plus 49ers performance and I mean they kind of they kind of looked like they did before the bye which painted to me like man they could really use the week 18 to rest a couple guys and then use that first round bye and now they have it yeah, to me, the, the biggest thing coming out of this game, I mean, we knew going in, we talked about it last week, it would probably be a C plus, B minus performance coming off a short week, flying yep. all the way to D.C. Yep. Um, and Washington, frankly, is so bad that you can get away with a B minus, C plus performance and still win by 17 points. And that's essentially what happened. Um, but the big thing and, and what happened Sunday sort of exemplifies it, right? You have Christian McCaffrey dealing with a calf strain and Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan indicated to reporters afterwards that it's not going to be serious. But now you get an extra two weeks for McCaffrey to get healthy. You give Trent Williams some time to get healthy. Um, he's probably not going to play next week, right? Um, or if yeah. he does, it would probably be very little. I, w- I would imagine next week looks like a preseason game um, with the 49ers having the one seed wrapped up. Yeah, and I I wouldn't play Brock Purdy like I wouldn't you know I'd I'd maybe suit him up and have him go through pregame warmups, but I wouldn't play him not not with you know dealing with the the shoulder stingers that he's had. Um, so you 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 now have the luxury to sit a lot of your key guys, um, with that with the Rams coming and and who knows that that game still has not been scheduled. There's a chance that game's on Saturday. Oh God, the 49ers 49ers would have had, I mean, I I think it's probably more likely that the game is on Sunday now that the 49ers have that game, have the one seed wrapped up, right? Because it it takes all the significance out of it for the 49ers. So the NFL network should not want it, should not want a Sam Darnold, you know, JP Mason, um, Demetrius playing against against the Ravens. (laughs) But the point stands like the the biggest thing to come out of Sunday was the fact that um, the 49ers now essentially get two weeks to rest, rest their guys and get guys coming back off injury rather Mm -hmm. than having to play um, a a playoff game in round one. And, and look, the Eagles, the Eagles did the 49ers a huge solid by losing. Like (laughs) it is wild how that game went. The Cardinals basically doubled up the Eagles on yardage and time of possession. Yeah, dude. And kick their ass. I was I was watching that game here in my hotel room. I had two screens going. Shout out to YouTube TV. Nice, and dude. uh and it was I was it it never once I mean it in the second half, as soon as the Cardinals went down to score their first their first touchdown after they were down 21-6, I believe it was. I was like, mm-hmm. oh wait, the Eagles are not offering much resistance defensively. Like this could be this could be a game that the Cardinals can steal here. I was, and it just kept I, it just kept going that way. Every it was time wild. I had because I'm I'm watching the Niner game and I, but I have the NFL game stats and information system up NFL Jesus as it's called, and I have that up on the on the Cardinals game and like you, Philly would score, and then I'd watch a Niner game for a bit and then you know at a break or between plays I'd look down and every time I looked down it was the Cardinals in Philly territory, every single time, it was unbelievable i'm not wild, I, I don't philly's in a tough spot man now that yeah, the defense is by the way their defense is just not good and they're for whatever reason their intermediate passing game and it's 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 all feast or famine it's like mm-hmm. it's jalen hurts running around being able to to complete a bunch of deep passes to to his receivers or it's a running game working and there, there's no like intermediate passing game yeah. with them. It yeah. seems like, and, and the defense, their defense is their biggest issue, but yeah. um, we don't have to talk about the Eagles right now. I, say. I don't want to, I think um, really. let's talk about the Niners game because it, it was, they get the touchdown early in the third quarter. It's 20 to 13 and then, or 20 to 10, sorry. And then mm-hmm. 
the the watch the commanders are driving and it feels like man this could be this could be kind of a pain in the ass game for the Niners like if if the if the commanders went and scored there to make it a three-point game then you're like okay like you still feel good about the Niners winning because they're clearly so much better but this Mm -hmm. game takes on a, a different tenor in the second half you play tight Anything can happen in the league, right? Like you, teams mm-hmm. get upset all the time. We just we're, we're talking about the Eagles Cardinals game. Like the game could have gone that route, and then Nick Bosa gets a pressure on Sam Howell. He throws the bad ball that got intercepted by Mooney Ward. The Niners go down the other way and get a touchdown. Brock Purdy throws. I thought that was one of the best throws. Purdy yeah, made Yuke all won? season. The yeah the the deep ball that to Ayuk. That was a dime ski. He's he's thrown a lot of really good passes this year. That that might have been his best one or one of his I thought, best ones. I thought that was impressive because that was pretty good coverage by the DB. I, I I don't know who it was, but he had good coverage. And if Purdy puts more air under that, it may allow the DB to get his head around and make a play on the ball. If he underthrows it a little bit, the DB is making a play on the ball. If he yeah. overthrows it, I it's it's you know, Ayuk's not catching up to it. It was just a Kind of a line drive deep shot throw when it needed to be. And I was yeah. I'm I'm with you. That was a really, really fine throw. And then they get the touchdown to, to Ayuk where Purdy makes that play outside of structure. Um yes. which is funny that that's like the two biggest plays of the game for the Niners offensively, I thought, were the first throw to Ayuk and then the Ayuk touchdown. Yep. While like the the broadcast opens the game, like there's been a lot of talk about Brock Purdy as a game manager. It's like sure. If you're like not watching, you know, yeah, like right. If you, if you haven't watched every snap, you know that Brock Purdy makes like a handful of throws that are just mm-hmm. absolute dots that the 49ers have to have. Did like week in and week out. It's not, you know, like this game manager thing that just like continues to like perpetuate the national narrative of like, yeah, well, we check in on the Niners, but we don't watch every snap, which is fine. But it was but- funny that those were the biggest plays of the game with the backdrop of the broadcast being like, is he a game manager or not? Let's talk about it. <laughs> I did. I did think today though, whether it was, and I don't know. And I don't know if we ever will. I don't, I don't know if it was something the 49ers thought they could attack with, with Washington's defense, but it did feel like a, um, a much less downfield attacking game plan from the 49ers against a pretty bad secondary. So I don't know if it was Kyle Shanahan just trying to kind of help Brock out of out of that four interception game, particularly early, because they, they started taking a couple shots late, and I know there was the early one to Kyle Juszczyk that he dropped. But I don't know if that was him trying to help Purdy kind of navigate his way through bouncing back from a four interception game, or if it was game plan specific for Washington. It felt run heavy short throws kind of those horizontal throws a lot of pop passes to Debo Samuel I think there were two or three of those um so that was that that's what was a little bit funny about that whole thing is like man this could be one of those games that people look at and go well yeah Purdy doesn't doesn't have to do a lot it's a lot of you know check downs and stuff like that but I thought he was smart with it I thought there were some some moments in the pocket where it was clear he had gone through his progressions. There's nothing there. And instead of trying to force something downfield, he's just taking the easy yards. And frankly, I think they need to do more of that, especially in, in big moments where, man, you don't have to get it all at once. You can get it to Christian McCaffrey for a first down and you've just eaten 11 yards and gotten a fresh set of downs out of it. So I thought it was really good, um, even if the game plan wasn't like attack, 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 because as you just pointed out, the moments where they did have opportunities on the field, he, he made the plays. Yeah, I think if I think it's probably a combination of both, right? When you're talking about Kyle Shanahan's game plan, like I I just think in my mind he did not want to accept Brock to the pass rush of Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. That makes sense against the 49ers interior, right? Like mm-hmm. I I think if you're you're opening like the strength of Washington's defense obviously is their defensive tackles. So right. like if you can put yourself in a scenario where you're getting the ball out quickly and trying to neutralize them as much as possible, I think I think that makes sense. And it, it speaks to That's a good point. Probably the 49ers biggest concern offensively. It just it's just always going to be the offensive line, everyone but uh-huh. Trent Williams. Um they can run like they can run block really well and we saw them mm-hmm. do that for for the majority of the game today, but you do not want to be in a situation where you have to drop back with the with your interior guys, which is 
you know, I don't know how much they missed Aaron Banks today, but it just always feels like when they go against a good defensive front, particularly interior guys, the Niners are not are not winning that battle in in pass protection at least. So that that to me is my read on it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I to me this this was like a pretty forgettable game. Yeah, it, it was like um, okay, they it, they sort of struggled in the first half. B minus C plus performance. It. They got through it. But now you, hey. you do have you do have Christian McCaffrey's calf injury. But the good part is now you have two extra weeks for him. Right. Um <laughs> so Washington, I was just doing some quick math here. Had the nine play 46 yard drive where they kicked the field goal, right? In mm-hmm. the second quarter. Then then the nine play 79 yard drive where they got the touchdown. It was just a lot of Brian Robinson just kind of being a battering ram. And then they had the 10 play 74 yard drive that ended in the Trevarius Ward interception. Outside of those three drives, they had 16 plays for 26 yards, Washington did. Wow. That is nuts. That's good on the spot <laughs> math by you. It, thanks, man. Uh, especially because I had to throw a negative one in there. That's that's hard for me. Um, no, I, I just I kind of thought it was... I, I put this on the internet. It's like, man, if I didn't know any better, I'd think the 49ers were on a short week with a cross-country flight and a 10 a.m. Pacific time kick. Like that's kind of yeah. how it looked. They yeah. did what they needed to do. They, I, I, they had two chances inside the inside the two, and came away with three total points. Like that's not awesome. But I also think, like the second one, they just went to Elijah Mitchell right up the middle on on fourth and goal. That was clear. Just hey, if he happens to get in here, great. If not, we're giving him the ball at the one. It's like if they needed a touchdown there, I think they probably get a little more creative. And if they needed this game in a way where it was close, you may see McCaffrey on the field. So I'm not even super concerned with the the red zone stuff today because I really think no. they, especially after McCaffrey went down, I really think it was like, a, all right, just do what you got to do to get through this one. And yeah. they just and they I, did. I also, the last one, the the fourth down try to Elijah Mitchell, like, you know, I think you can just kind of throw that one out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like, I'm, Shanahan wasn't, Shanahan wasn't going to, gonna reach deep no. into the bag for that one with the game no. already in line so this is the play call is like turn around and hand it to him like pick a direction <laughs> you choose like, dealer's choice man yeah. uh speaking of elijah mitchell though 17 carries yeah. for 80 yards along of 15 he had a touchdown his first of the year it, it, all year even before mccaffrey got banged up in this game all year it was like dude they need somebody reliable who can go get chunk plays in the run game. And Elijah Mitchell, when he's been healthy, hasn't hasn't been consistently doing that. Like he's come in and it's been, oh, two carries for four yards. But today they needed him. I thought he looked explosive. Um, he was really decisive. He was breaking tackles. He looked like the Elijah Mitchell from his rookie year when he brushed for, was it 960 something yards? He's he really, really good that year. So if they're getting that version of Elijah Mitchell where they feel good about putting him on the field and letting Christian McCaffrey rest or putting him on the field with Christian McCaffrey, where that rushing workload McCaffrey had 13 carries in the first half. That shouldn't all be on him. Um, particularly, particularly in a game like this one. So I thought Elijah Mitchell breaking out, putting up 80 yards on 17 carries was really, really good news for the 49ers, especially going. Yeah. And you you remember last year, even as productive as McCaffrey was after the trade, Elijah Mitchell was still getting a lot of carries late in games, yes. right? Yes. Like he was he was salting the game away mm-hmm. in a lot of cases for the 49ers last year. So I think particularly for the playoffs, right? Like you just just to be able to have somebody ha- have another have another club in your bag mm-hmm. if you're Kyle Shanahan is is big because you know, for most of this season, it's basically felt like you have a huge drop off when Christian McCaffrey isn't in the game. And that's probably contributed to Christian McCaffrey feeling like he needs to play every snap. Yeah. Right. So if you can get Elijah Mitchell going and in rhythm going into the playoffs, then that could be massive because, you know, not only do you have another weapon potentially, but you also just have more depth, which allows you to, to maximize Christian McCaffrey a little bit differently and not giving him, you know, 25, 30 touches a yep. game in the playoffs. If you can if you can keep Christian McCaffrey to like 20 touches yep. in the playoffs, you're probably down in and down out, 
you're probably going to get more out of him just from an efficiency perspective rather than yeah. just running into the ground like the 49ers seem to be doing this year. But again, that's <laughs> we cannot overstate the value of the Cardinals beating the Eagles today and ensuring the 49ers Man. get the one seed before week 18. Mm-hmm. It's what think- like it's crazy how much that helps the 49ers like that. We cannot overstate the importance of that. Especially, I know the Rams struggled today against the Giants, and they probably should have lost that game. The Giants did not uh, manage the the clock and their yardage well at the end of that game at all. But uh, the Rams prior to that were playing really, really well. And that's just not a game. You don't want to go into Week 18 needing to win against a division rival that is red hot. Like That's just not a situation any team, particularly a team that's banged up, wants to be in. Because now what if yeah. you lose that game, and now you got to turn around and you're banged up, and now you got to play on Wild Card Weekend. Like, right. It could have it could have gotten really really ugly, and it's so funny the difference in the vibe now. Like they lose totally. last week, and it's like oh boy, like now this gets hairy, and now all of a sudden <laughs> everything goes their way on Sunday, and we're going oh well, all right, everything's fine now, I guess. Yeah, like imagine needing that game next week, and then like Christian McCaffrey, you play him, and then like he strains his calf, and then you lose the game, and now you have Christian McCaffrey banged up, and you have to play Wild Card Weekend, like you said. Yeah. Right, like this, been, all of that is off the table. Now. Like they don't, the yeah. 49ers absolutely don't. Like they don't have to play anybody next week. And if you if you haven't seen any of the video I posted, uh, Kiana Martin, former 49ers team reporter and now television extraordinaire, friend, uh, of, the friend of the pod, she posted a video on on Twitter of the 49ers watching the game in the tunnel, the mm-hmm. end of the Cardinals Eagles game, and you could tell like by the celebration from the 49ers they knew how badly they needed that that wasn't like all right yeah number one seed great like they it was like a you could feel the not sigh of relief but the like okay there was some urgency there that they really desperately needed the one seed and now i i think now you don't have to if if they were thinking about maybe trying to push eric armstead back now you can rest him another week you Good mentioned point. Trent Williams with the with the groin. Aaron Banks, who was active today but didn't play. John Feliciano started at left guard. Hey, you, it's just I. We'll probably say this again on the midweek pod. It just cannot be overstated how massive mm. Sunday was for the 49ers. Yeah, you get the buy, which I think is the most important thing too. But if you're the Niners and you've played on this team for the last few years, you think about all the heartbreak that that the teams endured in the playoffs. You don't have to go on the road for the NFC championship game potentially now, Mm -hmm. right? Like they host the NFC championship game and if they get there, obviously they have to get there first, right? One week at a time, (laughs) but yeah, you know what? Hey, you know what? Actually, actually screw that. I'm looking past the Rams. I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so they, yeah, they can, they can like, they, they can rest easy knowing that they get, they get the buy, which is the most important thing, but they also aren't going to have to go to Philadelphia or go to Dallas or go anywhere else for the NFC championship game. Should they win in the divisional round? So it's, I mean, it's again, like the, the, the whole goal for the entire season for the entire regular season for the Niners was to get the one seed. Yep. And as bad as the game was last week against Baltimore, they got there with a game to spare. And Mm -hmm. I think with the exception of the Baltimore game, and I, I, even in the context of the Baltimore game, the regular season, frankly, could not have gone much better for the Niners. Like this is what this is what the team was designed to do. Yep. Like this was their goal: get the one seed. And now they do it with a week left in the regular season. They can rest everybody they want to mm-hmm. uh, go into the playoffs as fresh as possible. And should they win the divisional round, they won't have to. They won't have to go on the road. And frankly, the only time we've seen the 49ers just in their playoff runs since Kyle Shanahan's been here, the only time they've gone to the Super Bowl is when they've been the one seed. Yep. And so now they have that in their back pocket and they can go make a run and, yep. uh, and you know, try to win the Super Bowl. It's a goal here. Wild. I have a couple things. One, mm-hmm. it's just so we're, we're all caught up on the tiebreaker stuff, the reason the 49ers have clinched is because they have the head-to-heads over Dallas and Philly. Um, so max wins for Dallas, Philly, and Detroit is 12. That's how many the 49ers have. They have the head to heads on Dallas and Philly. And then with Detroit, it then goes to division record and Detroit already has two losses in division. The 49ers have none. So even if they lose to the Rams, it doesn't, uh, 
Is it division record or conference record? I believe it's division record, but either way, the 49ers have it wrapped up. They're 10 and one in the conference and Detroit is now seven and four. So yeah, it's um, just a a huge, huge game for, for San Francisco to win this one and to get an Eagles loss. The other note, I was just looking at this, the 49ers strength of victory. So, so the winning percentage of the teams they've beaten is 471. That's tied for the highest among playoff teams in the NFC with Philadelphia. Philadelphia also at 471. Um, Arizona, 587. <laughs> now that they've beaten the Eagles, uh, the, the Ravens lead the AFC at 539. Lead AFC playoff teams, man. I didn't see I didn't see a snap of Baltimore and Miami today, but I did I see because I went up against them in my fantasy Baltimore. championship. I did see Lamar through for five touchdowns. Yeah, he's he's definitely wrapped up the MVP. Yeah, it's sealed up. He could he could kneel it every time he gets a snap next week. Did they clinch the one seed? Yeah, they did. Uh, just okay. just verifying here. Um, because I said it was division, and then the homie Wood Gravy pulled up and said conference. Just to verify here, according to the NFL, head-to-head is first, division is second, common games oh. is third, conference play is fourth. Um, okay. That goes for when it, if it's two or three, uh, two two a two-way tiebreaker or a three-plus team tiebreaker. Head-to-head division, common games, and conference. Just to, just to clarify. Got it. Uh, if you get all the way down to the twelfth tiebreaking procedure, it's a coin toss. Glad we didn't get there. That'd be that'd be a hell of a thing to have to talk about. The conference thing is a tiebreak for the wild card teams. Okay. So it'd be head-to-head, and then it's conference. So the tiebreakers change based on what seed. Correct. Is that stake? Correct. That's so weird. for the division winners, the tie break is division. And then for the wild card stuff, it's conference. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Now let's pause the 49ers talk real quick and talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in America. It is my favorite way to watch sports. It has greatly enhanced the sports watching experience, and I think it'll do the same for you to uh, to earn earn a little cash. So join us on prize picks. I'm telling you, it's not, and even like with basketball season, they do the specials leagues where they do like combo entries where it's like, it'll be like Travis Kelsey and LeBron James, and it'll be more or less than 10 and a half combined three-pointers and catches. It's a really fun thing, and it's such a cool way to, to enhance your sports watching experience. So definitely join me and Chris. We can help you out with that. Prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Use promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. You can do it on the web. There's an app. I use the app. Super easy to use. You're going to love it. Please join us at Prizepicks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Hey, y'all, it's Kyle from Candlestick Chronicles, and I am so psyched to talk to you about HelloFresh. That's America's number one meal kit. Now, I know that you want to save money in the new year, and you want to eat better. You want to stress less. Well, that's what HelloFresh is here to help you with. They can do all three. So say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like. And the best part is it's delivered right to your front door. And I know you're sitting there and you're going, you know what, that sounds great, but I I feel like I'm probably going to get the same recipes over and over again. I like to mix it up. Well, that's okay because you don't have to worry about that. HelloFresh has already had a ton of options, but now they have more options than ever before. You can dig into their biggest menu yet. They have over 45 dinner options to choose from weekly and even more market add-on items that suit any lifestyle, any diet you're working with, any lifestyle you got. HelloFresh has got you covered. And Look, I'm telling you, I'm as busy as anybody as I know. My wife is as busy as anybody I know. We love HelloFresh. We get it directly to our door. We get three meals a week, and we just know, hey, dinner's taken care of. Even on the busiest nights, they have these quick and easy meals that we don't have an excuse now. We don't say like, oh, we don't have time to grocery shop. Oh, we don't have time to cook that. It HelloFresh takes care of all of it. And I am not a cook. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm not a chef. I am like... 
not not good at cooking straight up no matter how how many video tutorials no matter how much chopped i watch i i I am not a good cook but HelloFresh makes it super easy it's a step-by-step recipe card they give you there's images there's words no matter what type of learner you are you can you can do it i promise because i can do it i cook the heck out of some HelloFresh, and i am not a skilled chef in any way shape or form so i know that you'll be able to do it too Go to HelloFresh.com slash CandlestickFree and use code CandlestickFree for free breakfast for life. That's right. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash CandlestickFree with code CandlestickFree. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Yo, it's your homies Kyle and Chris for... Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops because they have some really cool looking stuff that your bland ass boy over here is not very good at styling on his own. And so I pop over to the Instagram. I see how other people are are dressing themselves in uh, maybe it's the Maybe it's the wolf shorts or the lion shorts, or maybe it's a pair of joggers, or maybe it's the ash gray hoodie that you and I love so much. And I, I base my outfits off of that, and it always makes me look dope, which is the single most important thing. And it's also comfortable. It's also high quality. Yeah. It's super stylish. They're conversation starters, honestly. But they also have kids uh, kid sizes on here, too. Yes. That and is everything's correct. unisex. Uh, we, we should point out also. So, um, no matter if you're a man or woman, these clothes will look great on you or a child or a child. They have children's sizes and a lot of their (laughs) stuff as well. Use promo code candlestick 20 today to get 20% off your order, or you can do it tomorrow or whenever candlestick 20 is a promo code any day of the week to get 20% off your order from sglambchops.com. Uh, shout out to them. We really appreciate their support and, uh, we would appreciate it if you support them by going to sglambchops.com and ordering some dope, comfortable, high-quality clothing. Join the herd today. Yeah, Weird. I mean, this was, this was it's, what... I feel, I feel bad because I wish I had more to say about this game from the 49ers standpoint, but they didn't look great, but that was kind of expected. They still won by 17. If they had really, really wanted to, they probably could have won by four touchdowns. Um, it just wasn't necessary in this one. Just get through it. I think one thing that was pretty concerning, though, was the fact that the Washington offensive line, which was missing three starters, That's a great point, uh, just pushed around the Niners' defensive front for most yeah. of the game until until the Niners pushed the lead and Washington had to just drop back and pass. Um, when Washington could run the ball, I thought they ran the ball way too easily. And I didn't think Javon Kinlaw played all that well. Even Javon Hargrave in the run game wasn't all that good. Now, do we chalk this up to it being a short week and a long flight and all those things? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the Niners generally have been very good against the run, and mm-hmm. they have a lot of equity when it comes to the way you talk about them defending the run over the mm-hmm. last few years. But if we're going to talk about things that are like actually concerning, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't feel great about that. So they no, I, they very they very clearly miss Eric Armstead. Like if there was yeah, yeah, it's been very very clear. I think throughout the last few weeks when Armstead's been hurt, they miss him a lot, and he's immensely mm-hmm. valuable to them. Because while yeah. Hargrave's a good pass rusher, he's not like a run stuffing defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. And while Armstead's not like an elite pass rusher at defensive tackle, he's really really good against the run. Yeah, and so they I. For them to for them to go to the Super Bowl and win it, I I think they need Armstead back and back healthy. And the agree. point you made earlier, I mean, it, it applies to everybody who's dealing with an injury on the team. But now that they have an extra week with yeah. the one seed already wrapped up, that's that's huge for them. Yeah, there's no there's no uh, what's the word I'm like not impetus, but like there's no urgency to bring Armstead back early. Right? Yeah. They can just they can just fully let him sit out another week of practice, sit out another game. Uh, but, but I, I'm right there with you. Not that like a team loaded like this comes down to Eric Armstead, who's, you know, a good player, but nobody's confusing him for, for Nick Bosa or Fred Warner. I, you just, the, the run defense with him on and off the field is just that it's night and day. 
he's yeah. really important to what they do. And in that in that situation, you have him and Hargrave starting, and now you're pushing Sebastian Joseph Day into a rotational role, and you're pushing Devon Kinlaw into a rotational role where you can really kind of pick and choose spots where you can try and set them up for success more than right now where it's like, hey, just need bodies. Just every, everybody's going to play probably more than you want them to. So I, I just getting getting Eric Armstead right is going to be huge. And I think the other the other aspect of this is I mentioned this at the top. Their defense looks a little bit to me like it did a little bit, not not exactly, but a little bit like it did before the bye week this year. Where it's like, man, they just they could use a week off and they do such a good job of self scouting and they do such a good job of adjusting, particularly offensively. But Steve Wilkes did an awesome job after after the bye week adjusting and, and tweaking the defense a little bit that that bye week and I and I think this week a little bit too they can start that process where we saw them come out of the bye and look like an entirely different team uh not not necessarily on both sides of the ball but particularly on defense so I think that's where now you get those two weeks ostensibly two weeks off to really kind of dig in and look at what uh look at what they're doing on both sides of the ball that that should be advantageous come playoff time too totally agree I think that's it for me. Totally agree. Yeah, that's that's all I got. I'm still I'm still amazed. Like I would, I, I might just like tune in to stream some like Eagles sports talk radio this week, particularly oh, like a call in show. Oh, D- WIP man, that's gonna be electric. <laughs> the Eagles honestly should be ashamed of themselves. Like if we're if we're just being real, like you this have is- to win that game. You here's, have to here's, win that game if you're Philadelphia. Here's here's the like um I had some friends go to Philly for the NFC title game last year and mm-hmm. did not have a have a great experience uh, j- even before the game started. Right. But Eagles I, fans I think, not known for being super accommodating. Yeah, and I don't even mind that, but when it when it comes to the like racial stuff and that's not like that's not okay. That's just being a bad person. That's not being a good fan. What I will say that I respect about Eagles fans that I think part of the reason that people think they're such good fans is because you just said you have to win that game like that's we 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 always make fun of the use of inexcusable in 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 sports talk but like that's an inexcusable loss and Eagles fans all know it like there's no there's not going to be Eagles fans calling in like the ref screwed us this and that they're going to be like fire Sirianni blow it up get Jalen Hurts out of here. Like it's going to be, <laughs> people are going to be really upset. And I respect the, that. I respect, I respect football fans that lean that way. The Cardinals outgained the Eagles 449 to 275. Oh, the, the Cardinals ran the ball 40 times for 221 yards, five oh. and a half yards a clip. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 18 of 23 for 167 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. And they got dude. And they got a 99 yard pick six. Right, right. I mean, they were the Cardinals were going in to score again. Yeah, that's man. That was that was what it was seven three at that point, right? Yeah, that made it fourteen three. That was the play. I was like, oh, this game's toast. Like this game's over. Like if the Cardinals can't go score for score with them, they're giving up a defensive touchdown. It's it's done. I didn't think I didn't think the Eagles were as good as their record, particularly when they played the Niners. Like I thought there was probably a game or two that swung their way that maybe shouldn't have. But they feel more fraudulent now than they ever did yeah i don't yeah it's kind of a weird thing i don't know if they just didn't adjust to their new coordinators or if hertz is banged up or what but man they just they were i think hertz is banged up the personnel on defense outside of their front seven or even just their front four just isn't very good like i don't think their linebackers are very good i don't think that their secondary is very good i think their corners are fine but i don't think their safeties are any good they could definitely still win the super bowl but man we're gonna have a lot of uh, revisionist history on howie roseman getting kevin byard sure from the Titans, that was I just the football community when that happened was like Howie Roseman's done it. How does he keep doing it? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. But maybe they go win the Super game... Bowl and Howie Roseman's a genius. But I don't think that's happening. Only three games in the late window today. Yeah, it's weird. That's weird. Um, yeah, Niners also caught a break from from I think the officiating in the uh, in the Lions. In the Lions Cowboys game? Oh boy. Look, here's the di- I, I I'm along I'm with the people that are on this line of thinking and Nick Wagner who we haven't mentioned yet, so here it is. Um shout out to Nick. Uh, covers the 49ers for ESPN, does a great job. 
he basically pointed out like look man the car the lions made that confusing on purpose and they they did that they had 58 and 68 go to the ref and 68 was doing the eligible thing then you have 70 running onto the field you know whether he's tugging his jersey or doing the thing they purposely made that confusing because they wanted the Cowboys defense to be confused and they confused the official in the process. Like, they, yeah, you, I, I just sucks. think like it sucks The the officials need to be better. But. The officials absolutely need to be better. I, I lean, I like, I lean more towards like the officials screwed that up. I understand the, no doubt. the they I, did. I understand the argument that the Lions made things overly complicated. But, like, to be an NFL official, you have to be a, a extremely high-functioning individual. Correct. Right? There's so and much going there's, on. There's, there's a lot going on. But if if Dan Campbell really did speak to the officials about that specific play and that specific substitution and eligibility thing before the game, then I think the Lions absolutely have every right to be upset. Yeah. Um, Although, but, man... You're going up to a ref before a game and going, hey, in this situation, we're going to have 68 reporters eligible. 58 is going to walk up to him as well. 70 is also going to run onto the field toward you on purpose, but don't just 68 is going to be eligible. Like, he's not but, but if that. it works, then we're talking about how smart the Lions are. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? So sure. it's, it's, let, me, let me back up. It's 100% on the officials. The officials have to get it right. Like, that's yeah. their job. So that's, that's EOD but, what what yeah. the deal is there yeah if if the lions like it, it obviously was like very loud right it's it's the end of mm -hmm. it's the, mm -hmm. you know the fourth quarter on the road it's probably very loud like the lions do need to be very deliberate in making sure the official knows mm -hmm. so like i get i get that part of the argument but to me it's it's about officiating like more mm -hmm. so than anything else assuming everything the lions have been saying is yeah. is true and and what happened the 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 officiating at this point doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. No, and that's the same crew that screwed up the the end of game situation in Green Bay with the Chiefs and that that, oh, that non pass yeah. interference call this year. Yeah, man. So it's not Yikes. to they definitely don't get the benefit of the doubt in that scenario. So I'm I'm curious to see if anything comes comes from that. Um, I can't imagine the Lions are going to like protest the game or anything like that. But the Niners, it, I mean, it is a break. Like basically, the Niners needed Detroit to lose. And they needed obviously the Cardinals to beat Philadelphia, so hey. they got both of those things, and they they got the one seed. Just super two other two it is two other things on this. Um, one, Mike McCarthy's clock management after the interception horrendous. Horrendous. was as bad as I have ever seen. That was abominable, and it's why I think the Cowboys are never going to win anything as long as Mike McCarthy is their coach. I'm with two. you. Like as good as as good and as talented as they've as they've been, and whether or not Dak was playing at an MVP level or the defense was the best in the league, it's really hard for me to ever take them seriously in the playoffs. I, I, right. If if they do it, great. Okay, I'll, I'll be wrong then. But I'm not betting yeah. on a Mike McCarthy team because of things like that. Because of the the QB draw when you don't have any timeouts and there's 13 seconds left or whatever there was against the Niners. Like it's just stu It's just. And then he tries to draw them off sides on a fourth and six. And it was right. literally like he went, He it, it, it's like he doesn't have a, he just goes, oh, wait, this seems like a spot that I should do this. Okay, I'm just going to do that. And then he said after the game on those, on the the reason they passed it three times after the, after the interception, he was like, wanted to be aggressive there and put the game away. Like, no, that's a thing. If you, is fourth and goal at the one and you could kick a field goal to make it eight, or you could score a touchdown to put it out of reach. That's where you do the, yeah, we're trying to be aggressive and put the game away. Not throw it three damn times when they have two timeouts. That's insane. You may, eh. anyways. Um, the other thing is, is, and again, this is not, this is not to, to, to say that the officials did everything right against, against the, or for the, for the Lions on that, that two point conversion, but continuing to try and go for it after the penalty. And yeah. then again, after the other penalty on Dallas, I just thought that was the Lions being on tilt. I thought that was Dan Campbell doing the wrong thing at that point. I thought JT O'Sullivan had the had the best tweet um, of of Dan Campbell's or tweet breaking down Dan Campbell's decision making. Mm -hmm. I get Dan Campbell wanting to be the guy that's like, we're going to go for it no matter what. Like, cool. Right. But well, you, also you the fourth down earlier in the game where they left points on the board. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, I mean the Lions. 
there was incompetency all around. Mike McCarthy was was really bad with his decision making and, and clock management late in the game. Dan Campbell not kicking the field goal early in the game. You lose by two. Like, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, or you lose by one. Either way, like you kick a field goal there, you win. <laughs> you win the lost game. Lost by a couple. Lost by a couple. Yeah. So, um, Jason, what JT O'Sullivan said essentially was like, I get wanting to go for it there, but you just have to be adaptable. Yep. Or you have to. You're. I think he said your your decision making needs to be dynamic. You can't just be hard headed and just be like, no, we're going for this no matter what. Like, because after the penalty, to your point, just kick it. Like the, I, I don't know exactly what the probabilities are, but the probabilities go down substantially when you're five yards back. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I and I'm fully on board with going for two there. You have a chance to score and go for the win from two yards out, or you kick the extra point. And then you got to get a stop and then you got to go to OT and then you got to maybe get a stop in OT or score a touchdown. Like, it's just, I, I, I get that and I actually like it, but continuing to go for it was, like I said, that was just him being pissed off and not thinking in the moment, I think. Yeah. And it, it's sort of the the idea that he was, the idea that he was on tilt was sort of exemplified by how he handled his press conference too. That was crazy. That was nuts, dude. That's, I, I understand, like. I don't think Kyle Shanahan really does this so so often, but press conferences can be really telling when you have emotional mm-hmm. coaches and emotional players. Mm-hmm. And Dan Campbell's press conferences are always super telling. Like, yeah, yeah he, guy was definitely on tilt. Yeah. Like emotionally, like, you know, you have to be very, very emotionally stable to be a head coach in the league. And that's ultimately <laughs> one of Jim Harbaugh's things. Like, yeah. Jim Harbaugh gets most emotionally hijacked quite easily. Amazing. Don Yee client. Complete aside. C- complete aside. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh hiring an agent leading up to the game, and then any question he answers about um, when he's when he's posed about you know his possible future in the NFL, which he's going to try to get an NFL job. There's no question about it. There's going to be so many say, of them open. Just to say that he has a one track mind and he's only focused on the game. And then for there to be a report coming out that he's hired an agent. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. It's so funny, dude. He's, it's uh, going to be great. It, it, exactly what I thought was happening is going to happen. That He's going to bolt for the NFL. The NCAA is going to have all these ridiculous findings. Michigan's going to get like suspended from postseason play for two years. And Jim Harbaugh's just be like, whoop, wasn't me. I'm coaching the Chargers now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Man, it really feels like it's heading that direction. Anyways. Who could have seen this coming? Not literally nobody. Yeah, um, the the 49ers definitely got helped out by the by the Lions, or by the officiating in the Lions game. They got helped out by the Cowboys, and then uh, man, the Cardinals. Everything Crazy. broke well. Let's end it on that. The Niners, the Niners regular season went to plan. As yeah, bad as the like Ravens it, game was, they got the they still got the one seed with a week left in the season, and they're. You know, knock on wood, with the exception of maybe Christian McCaffrey dealing with a calf injury, they have all their guys healthy. Yeah, and there was like they took a wrong turn, and there was some snow, and then they're they almost ran out of gas, and then they took another wrong turn, but they got there on time where they needed to be. And and as disappointing as maybe like it. Brock Brock Purdy not winning the MVP after seemingly have so having so much MVP momentum, if you were to go back to August or September and say Brock Purdy would finish top two or three in the MVP race. He'd probably take Oh, it. also shout out to Brock Purdy for setting the 49ers single season passing yards record. That's a thing that happened today. And he only needed 16 games. Yeah. And it, it, probably good. Cause he's not going to get a 17th. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be stunned if he's on the field in week 17. I would too. I don't think he's going to get comeback player of the year because he didn't miss anything other than the NFC title game. I think you can make a case. That's that's like you definitely could. It is. Yeah. I I, I, like. I hadn't thought about this until recently when somebody brought it up, um, and I was like, hmm, that's kind of an interesting thing. Did he come back from like he had major elbow surgery in the offseason, but he didn't miss any games. He. I mean, like I said, except for the NFC title game. But outside of that, like he was ready by week one. If he had missed the first three or four weeks and then come back and done this, eh, maybe. But uh, didn't Ryan I'm on, Tannehill? I'm on. I'm on the Wood Gravy train here. Like Demar Hamlin. Yeah, he's probably going to get after it. dying on the field almost, or almost technically. I, I just I don't. 
the fact that he's playing football still is is incredible. So comeback player of the year didn't in 2019. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Ryan Tannehill win it when Jimmy Garoppolo came back from the ACL injury? Yes, correct. And he won it. He came back from like being, being benched and not being very good. Yes. While, while Jimmy Smith Garoppolo the came back from a knee injury. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird award. It's a very strange award. They need like a breakout player and, a, and then a like comeback player. Yeah, they or should name the awards or something. Yeah, they should name the awards after player. Do like the Bryant Young Comeback Player of the Year award or something because like right. Bryant Young coming back from the knee injury, like that's very specific. Yeah, and then like a a guy who comes from out of nowhere award and like plays well despite yeah breakout you know, breakout being star on a most improved before comeback yeah. player. I think that's just it. It should. It's there easy a lot work, of, man. There's there's you could do a quarterback of the year. You could do. Uh, a most outstanding player. I think doing a most outstanding player would be more helpful than most valuable. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, let's get out of here. I gotta. Yeah, we're done. I got you have I work to do. Kings Grizz to get to. Yeah, gonna go Enjoy to the grind that. house, dude. Javi, dude. Javi, De'Aaron Fox. Could be yeah. a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. All right, uh, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, before you go, hit that thumbs up for us. We would appreciate the heck mm-hmm. out of that. Uh, also, subscribe to the channel. Hit that little notification bell. You'll get notified whenever we go live, which we do after every single game and a couple times during the week. Um, also, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. So thanks yeah. for everybody who's hanging out live. We appreciate the heck out of it, and thanks to everybody who subscribes. Uh, we really, really enjoy doing this, and uh, we couldn't do it without you. Another year in the books, man. Final show. No, 2023. Good year. Really, really good. Well, good year. Yeah. yeah. Um, for some of us. <laughs> uh, overall, though, uh, really appreciate. <laughs> I lost my job, but it's fine. Um, oh, well, I mean, but I got a new one. I'm on to bigger and better things. On to bigger and better things. So, no, yeah. I'm with you, man. Really good year. And uh, you're hosting you a show. It's great, with the exception of um, Tuesdays Boy, that, at around 11, 11 a.m. Those 15 minutes we just hit this tank. <laughs> just really, I mean, the numbers are good. I don't know what it is about the numbers for your show. From everyone like, must yeah, go somewhere this, else. Like, God, the numbers are great, and then there's just this dip, it just, it just craters. 15 minutes, one segment. I don't get it. That's weird. Um, uh, no. Hopefully, the world still exists after after 2024. We'll see. Fingers crossed, man. We're uh, yeah. we're we're podding through it regardless. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, Plenty more to come in 2024. Uh, 49ers 27, Washington 10. The 49ers are the number one seed in the NFC. And uh, now the real season starts. Happy New Year.